Hey, what's up? It's Tony Campos from Static X, and you're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 285 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent Jason here. This week we've got a cool one because we've got Tony Campos of Static X joining us. And of course, Fear Factory, Soulfly, Ministry, Asasino. The list goes on. Yeah. Was he wrong for a minute? I don't know. No, I'm not going to say that. I don't think so. Okay. But many other great bands. It's still an impressive list. Yeah. A badass list by far. We're going to get into that interview with Tony. Play some music. First, we need to talk about Riley Gill, the power trip. Right. It's, uh, it's been a, a week now, I guess, but it's yeah. since the last time I recorded. Last time we talked about Frankie Benali. Yeah. This time we're talking about someone from a kind of a different world in the rock area. You know, he's kind of from the new, you know, that new crossover thrash, whatever you want to call it, new wave of thrash metal. And, and it was crazy because the minute I got home from the last time we did this, like I... I was I, it that day? Yeah, I was just okay. about to turn into my neighborhood and I got your text. I mean, so that's how... That's how close we were, you know. But anyways. Yeah, because actually, I think right after you, that's right, right after you left, I rode, mm-hmm. my, I rode my bike. And I got to a point where I stopped for a break. I looked at my phone, and there, and there was a go. text from Kevin Graham. Yeah. Saying, did Riley, Riley Gill die? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I Googled it and found it and yeah. immediately messaged you that. It's always unfortunate when someone dies, but especially when they're only 34. Or was he 34, 35? Yeah, and, you know, I think big things were ahead for that band. Absolutely. We've talked I mean, about that before. Oh, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, uh, we love that band. Everybody loves that band. And of all those bands, of all those bands that are coming around with that kind of vibe, they just had that, uh, you know, to use a cliche, that X factor yeah. that a lot of those bands don't have. Um, they were on the verge of some, some pretty cool shit. So it's pretty tragic. This one. Yeah. It's pretty evident in their live show. They're, I mean, I don't know what words to use. Energetic, you know, it's kind of a basic word you would use. Yeah. You saw them. I didn't. Caustic, whatever. It's just like, like you said, there's something different about seeing, you know, these guys live and just the energy they put off and the intensity that they brought. I mean, there's great bands out there from this area that are doing great things like Havoc and Toxic Holocaust, Battlecross, whoever. But there's just something about Power Trip. Like you said, they just had this slow build. Mm-hmm. They've, they've only been around for, what, 10, 11 years. And just in the past, I guess when Nightmare Logic came out three years ago, that's kind of whenever they started to get noticed on a mainstream level. Right. And then they started getting these big tours with Anthrax and I think Slayer and did all these festivals and kind of starting to make their mark. And like that album, Nightmare Logic was on our top top 17 of 2017. Right. You know, they were talking about that they were already working. They were, they've been working on their next album. So I don't know if that's something that was already in the process, if they had stuff done or right. if, if he hadn't recorded anything. I mean, hopefully for, I guess for our sakes that he had. Yeah. So we can still get something. Exactly. But yeah, like you said, I'm lucky to, that I got to see him twice. Actually came to Tulsa 
on the same day as our yeah. Underground Fest in 2018. So we couldn't see them. Yeah. It's funny, like, whenever we set, as soon as we set the date, we're like, you know someone's going to come. Yeah. On that day, and it's going to be someone we really want to see. And then, of course. Of course, yeah. It was Power Trip, a band we had never seen. Exactly. And I got to see him at Exo 111 last year when I was working that. And then early this year, their festival that they put on in Dallas called Evil Beat. They started it last year, and they got bigger here in 2020 in January. That they had it headlined by Carcass. It was one of Violence's first, you know, only shows they had done up to that point. Mm-hmm. On their return, they had Razor, like all these classic bands from thrash and death metal and newer bands like Torch. And... But anyway, yeah, Power Trip, of course, I think stole the show, even though... It was a cool festival because I think Torch was the only band I'd actually seen before. But mm-hmm. regardless, yeah, it's a huge loss. I think for the huge, it's a bigger loss for the metal world than most people think. Yeah, it is. I think it really is. I think they were gonna they were gonna break some barriers. Yeah, and we'll be talking about him again at the end of the year on our best of list because Body Count's album Carnivore would definitely be on that list and right. one of the best songs, if not the best song on the album. It's called Point the Finger. That's right. And that features Riley with Ice-T. And that's an amazing track, so check that out if you have not. Rest in peace to Riley Gill. All right. Sponsor time. Med Farm Dispensary in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. At 24683 East Highway 51. They got a huge selection you can check out on Leafly.com. You can follow their socials, which are Med Farm. That's P-H-A-R-M. On Facebook, MedFarmOK on Instagram, and their website's MedFarmOK.com. If you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. They've got a drive through so you can call ahead or text ahead, place your order, make it easy, quick, and pick it up that way. Also, their slogan is Cannabis with the Cause, because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. They've got one well on its way to completion, so that's a huge thing that... No other dispensaries offer, so that's a great reason to get out there and support these guys. You get 10% off your order if you mention us, and then you help save animals around this area, which is an amazing thing. Also, Sunset Tattoo is a dis- I almost I almost said they're a dispensary in Tulsa. Oh, my God. And, uh, they might have something in the back, but don't <laughs> it's tell not them we, for you. Don't tell them we told you to ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually a tattoo shop. Jake Thompson and his crew have over 25 years of experience, state licensed, and mother approved. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're located right in the heart of Midtown on 15th Street. They're at 3415 East 15th. Give them a call, shoot them a message so you can set up a time to talk about what work you need to be done, what work you need to get done. You can see all their work and photos on their Facebook, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. And Instagram is also Sunset Tattoo Tulsa as well. DEB Concerts, promoter based out of Tulsa right here as well. Keep bringing in some amazing acts to downtown Tulsa like Saxon and Last in Line, Buck Cherry, Bisto Blanco, Warrant. A long list coming up here in just a little over a week and a half. Saturday, September 12th, Phil Lewis of LA Guns will be doing an intimate acoustic performance. So that'll be very cool. and get to check out Phil Lewis in a way that you've probably never seen him. 
at least from my experience, I haven't seen him listed of him doing acoustic shows. I'm sure he has before, but yeah. So it's a unique experience that you can get out there and check out. Phil Lewis was on this podcast back about a year and a half ago with Tracy Guns when LA Guns was at the Ideal Ballroom. But get on dubconcerts.com for ticket info and to keep up to date on any other rescheduled shows from the shows that have been postponed. And we'll keep you up to date as well. Hella Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company based out of San Francisco, California. Mom and Pop style operation that makes small batch artisan hot sauces that you can buy directly from them online at hellahothotsauce.com. If you're on the West Coast, they sell them in a lot of stores there throughout California, and I even believe in Oregon as well as saw, but look that up. If you're not in the area, you can, of course, get on the website in order that way. They've got collaborations with metal artists like Ghoul and Florida Frank, who have both been on this podcast. Check out episode 261 to hear Florida Frank talk all about Florida Frank's Florida Heat, which we've had, and it burned our ass off, but it was very good, at least going in. Not as good going out. Right. But don't tell Frank we said that. (laughs) Anyway, a huge thank you to Hell Hot Hot Sauce. All right, so... Should we play the music first? Let's do it. All right, we're going to play a band out of Belgium. And this band features a lead singer, like all bands. But the reason I say that is that he is going to be on this podcast probably next week. It's been recorded, so in the next week or two, you'll hear from Maddie from Nasty. So let's check this out. Now, this is Nasty with a brand new track called 666AM. Let's go back! Follow your day, I'm right with me! Uh-huh. 
6.66am from Nasty. That's from their new album, Menace, which comes out September 25th on Century Media. My favorite time of the day. What? It, oh, is it? Oh, of course. Yeah. Would that technically be... Let me think here. Do some math. That's actually 7.06am. Okay, well, let's go PM then. Never mind. Well, the same thing. It's 7.06 p.m., you know, 6.66, that would be six minutes, six hours and 66 minutes. Okay, I'm just getting stupid now. Yeah, well, I got stupid a long time ago, so <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> well, Nasty, like I said, is out of Belgium. They've been around since 2004. Menace will be their seventh album. And as you can hear from that track, it's just your, Nasty's a good name for it, nasty-ass hardcore music. Good stuff. I mean, what'd you think? I know you're a big hardcore guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it had the all the pummels. Yeah. I like that know. one, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, all the all the causticness yeah. that you would expect right? from, you know, this certain genre That's right. that we love so much. So, yeah, check out Nasty. Follow them on all their socials and, of course, tell them we sent you and look for that album here in a few weeks. And also... Listen for Maddie, their lead vocalist, to be on this podcast here in the next week or two. All right, about about a week ago, I guess it was, last Thursday, we released mm. a YouTube video with our reaction review style thing for Metallica's S&M 2. We kind of talked about this on the last episode, but literally the next day, or that night, I think you got it in. Yeah, I, I got, it came in like two days early. Yeah. Gotta love that. And it was funny, like I actually said on that episode that we won't get an advanced copy, which yeah, we technically did. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got the advanced copy and we, so Thursday I came over to your place and we checked it out, watched the full Blu-ray and just kind of did a YouTube review of it. You know, it was like about a 20 minute video you yeah. can check out at the Thunder Underground. But yeah, just kind of give a summary, not to go into 20 minutes of detail here, but I mean, it was a really cool, really cool thing. I mean, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was a really cool follow-up to S&M 1, you know, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people had already seen this because it was in theaters. You saw that. But it's kind of fresh because it's been almost a year since that came, since that was in the theaters last October. And I hadn't seen it at all. Yeah. Outside of the advanced videos and like some live videos that our buddy Kevin had posted and stuff like that. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it was really cool. It had really cool moments like Scott Pingle, the bass player. One of the the upright bass players from the symphony. Yeah. Did a tribute basically to Cliff with a a kind of a reworked version of Anesthesia. Yeah. And I I mean, it's, you know, he did like the basic way, you know, of anesthesia and then added some to it. And it's, but I think like you mentioned on the video, it was like fucking, it was perfection. Yeah. I mean, it really was. And, uh, you know, I I just like to say, you know, to to throw in the CD or the vinyl is one thing, but really where, where S&M to this collection finds its strength is, you know, you throw in the DVD, it's such a visual the visual with the audio, it's... Yeah. I mean, that's the home run right there. That's the way to go, I think. Right. And you get to see James singing Unforgiven 3 with without a guitar in yeah. his hand. And, and none of the band. It's just him and the orchestra. Yeah. So Which is... that's cool, unique, you know, all that. Yeah. Right. It's very... 
weird looking because we've been watching that guy for, yeah, you know, our whole lives, basically. Always holding a guitar, except for that short period in the early 90s. When, when he was burned. Yeah, when John Marshall had to yeah. do it for him. But, yeah, so that was another cool moment. And, of course, you know, just hearing all these tracks, you know, done in, with the symphony. You know? Right. So get on our YouTube channel, at the Thunder Underground. Subscribe to it. We also did a video just a few days before that on Lynch Mob's new album. Wicked Sensation Reimagined, which came out last Friday as well, same day. That's right. And that one, that's really cool as well. They're basically, if you're not familiar with it, they took their debut album, Wicked Sensation, and didn't just re-record it. They completely changed the basis of every song, basically. And it was really well done as well. Brian Tishy, who's been on this podcast twice, produced it. Jason got the cassette. That's right. Have you cranked the cassette yet? No. no. Yes. No. I started it. Okay. Never finished it. Because obviously we had already listened to it on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Or no, oh, we yeah. listened to the advanced copy we yeah, got that's right. But Yeah, so that's another cool thing to check out. Maybe one of these days, George Lynch will be on his podcast. One, one can only hope. Yeah. But if not, before then, I'm sure we'll have Brian Titchy back on this podcast to talk more about... Live albums, Lynch Mob, Silverthorn, whatever. Right. But yeah. All right, is there anything else we need to talk about before we talk to Tony Campos? I don't think so. Well, one thing I do kind of want to say is I saw one thing and then it just spread like wildfire across all the outlets, the the metal wires and the loud injections and the blabbermouths and the what the fuck who gives a fuck. Loud injections? Um, Yeah. And I'm just going to say it. Yes, Ozzy Osbourne has gray hair. He's in his 70s. Who gives a fuck? No shit. Move the fuck on. <laughs> How fucking ridiculous. I mean, what is this, TMZ? Right. Is this entertainment tonight? Can we not be a little, can we not hold ourselves to a little higher standard than, you know, uh, MTV and that kind of fucking shit? <laughs> Get fucking over it, people. Stop sharing that shit. Uh any of the other outlets out there, stop fucking reporting on it. Yeah, I, I might be part of a little podcast in Tulsa, and maybe you have a bigger reach. But guess what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Just fucking stop it. Talk about something else. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has done his, more than his fair share for our kind of music. Uh, let the man fucking rest and take care of his shit. Yeah. Okay, sorry, done. What well, did you see Jack Osborne's rant about it? I did. Kind of and he was he was fucking right too. Yeah. yeah. So look that up if you haven't. And it was like <laughs> looking doesn't look like himself, looks disheveled, looks this, looks that. Fuck you. He looks like Ozzy Osbourne with gray hair. Eat a dick and <laughs> fucking go do something else. I think Ozzy's always looked disheveled. Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> people just I don't know, man. It's just terrible. It's it would be one thing if like Entertainment Tonight did that or TMZ. Right. Yeah, just but like for, a quick thing on yeah. there. Yeah. All all the places we go to like find shit out. I don't give a fuck. No shit. I don't care. <laughs> you know, so yeah, fucking get over it. Yeah. Well speaking of now that we're into September, almost 
three-fourths of the way done with the year. Thank God. We, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, man. A couple of weeks ago, Jason Carroll asked me, he's like, where does Ozzy's album rank for you now after this far into the year? Like, so what do you think? Uh, it'll be up there. I mean, is it I high mean, if for you? If you're asking me right off the top of my head, I'm not going to tell you what place or well, no, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to put it in with this this band and that band because I'm sure I'll forget something. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll, I'll, I'll have a little misstep. But it's going to be up there. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I need to, you know, I liked it. We talked about it and all that, but I haven't really listened to it much in mm. the past few months, but I wouldn't say it's in my top five. It might not even be my top ten, but it would definitely be on a list, probably. Uh, I could maybe see it being in a, like a, the low area of a top ten, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll I mean, see. I think several years before this, it it wouldn't have been. Because there was way more output that was good. Mm-hmm. This year, it's not. I'm not saying there's bad output. It's just there was way less output. Yeah. Obviously, because things got pushed off, recordings got stalled, all that stuff. But it just overall, I know the amount of albums we've had come out in 2020 has been less. Yeah. But that might be changing soon as October is going to have like, I know of at least five mm-hmm. albums I'm interested in that are coming out in October. Yeah. So, but regardless, yeah. I'm it's sure. a weird year, man. Yeah. We'll be talking about that again here in a few months, so whenever 2020 is almost over, finally. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> so one more thing to mention is we saw today that that Lamb of God announced they're doing two live streams, like two weekends in a row. Do you remember the dates? I think it was like September 18th and 25th. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I know. The 18th, that's my brother's birthday, so I always remember that. Okay. Whatever the day, a week after that. Right. So, it's, yeah, it's a Friday. So, the Friday after that. Okay. And that's a really cool idea, you know. Well, both of them are full albums. Yeah. It, yeah. They're doing the new album in its entirety, and then the next one is going to be As the Palace is Burning in its entirety. Oh, okay. How fucking rad is that? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I think more bands will probably do stuff like that where it's... Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's an album or whether like Clutch did with the Doom Saloon 2 where they picked a fan set list where it's at least not a typical, here's a live stream of a show. Yep, exactly. You know, or it's at least something, you know, unique with Lamb of God. I think that'll boost the fact that, especially that they're doing a classic album and the new album. Yeah. I think people will tune in for that, which I did not tune in for the... The down thing, like I intended to, which was yeah. this past weekend, and that was the same thing they did. The down debut album, NOLA, in its entirety for the 25th anniversary. And so hopefully, I don't know if that's something you can still buy or not, but I'm going to check into that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I really want to see that. Static X is, I guess, the band of the hour, because Tony Campos is here. They just released... Project Regeneration Volume 1. I believe it was about a month and a half ago. I kind of talked about that. Did like a little review on the episode with Nick Reese of Joyous Wolf here a few weeks ago. And that album is, for those of you that aren't familiar, I mean, obviously you're familiar that Wayne Static passed away several years ago, but the album, if you're not familiar, features a lot of vocal tracks from demos and songs that they... In particular, there was like three or four songs from their album that came out in 2005 that didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. And I read in another interview that Tony Campos said 
they didn't make the cut because they weren't that good. But yeah. they they liked his vocals, so they took the vocals off and completely rewrote the music. And then there's a few other songs where it has pieces of his vocals, and then there's pieces of Zero, the new quote unquote new vocalist, which is Edsel Dope from Dope, who did the tour. And they've they've done the, they've done this really well. Like it's a tribute to Wayne Static. Whenever Edsel Dope's on stage, he's wearing a Wayne Static mask. All these new songs, it it doesn't sound like someone just threw some shit together. It sounds excellent. It's great, just like anything these guys have done. And Volume Two is supposed to be the same exact way he talks about that here in this interview. They're still working on that. They have, and Wayne Static is a part of that one as well. And then once that completes. Who knows if they'll go on or not. Right. They have every right to, I think. So I know yeah. a lot of people would not be happy about that. I probably wouldn't be happy if Typo Negative went on with a different vocalist. But <laughs> and this might be the same kind of situation when you have a figurehead that's like an important part of a band. But Exactly. But it's kind of like we've talked about it a million times. It, like Stone Double Pilots, for instance. Those yeah. other three guys were just as much a part of that. That was as much as part of their lives that they deserve to make a living off it if they can. So. Exactly. But yeah, let's get into this. Here's Tony Campos of Static X. Since you guys released Project Regeneration, the response from critics and fans both have been great across the board from everything I've seen. And I'm sure that's what you guys wanted, but like, what were you expecting? Were you expecting it to be this well widely received? Um, I mean, I, I, I was just hoping that, you know, that our fans would, would think it was, it was cool and, uh, and a, a really cool way to to remember, you know, Wayne and all the good times we all had together. And uh, it, I, I think we accomplished that. And uh, and and I think you know people out, outside that weren't necessarily fans of the band, you know, have, have received it fairly well. So. Yeah, I'm pretty happy overall. I'm just I'm just happy the fans like it, man. Um, you know, we had to delay the record a couple times, so uh, yeah, we pissed off a few fans doing that. But uh, yeah, I'm, now that it's out, uh, I, I think they they all think it, it was worth the wait. So uh, I'm really happy about that. Right. Well, how much uh, time did you guys put into deciding on you know during the tour last year and making these new albums like was that a, a process that you carefully considered or was it something just on a whim that you guys decided you wanted to do no i mean it, it, this all has been in the works for several years um you know and and things just kind of snowballed it started with with just the uh the songs and 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 ended up being you know the tour and videos and all this other stuff you know but uh but yeah it's been uh several years in the works well, how important was it you for you to have all three of you, you know, surviving original members involved with this? Yeah, it, it had to be. 
you know, I, I couldn't have done it with, uh, with anyone else. I mean, it, you know, it, it had to be, the, the, you know, Kenny and Koichi, you know, they, they were there, you know, in the beginning. Um, and that's what this was all about is, uh, you know, remembering the good old days, yeah. the, those early years, you know, when we were slugging it out as a local band, you know, just trying to figure out our sound and, you know, and, and Kenny in particular, you know, he knew Wayne years before I ever met those two guys in LA. So like, you know, it, it kind of had to be him too, you know, I, it, like if the goal was to remember the good times of Wayne, then who, who better than, than Kenny, you know? <laughs> right. Once you guys started this process of, you know, I know you had, I read you had those three songs from start of war that had the vocals and you rewrote the music. Like how, how was that process rewriting music for vocals that already existed? Cause I'm sure that's not the way you've ever done it in the past. Yeah, no, it was, it was an ass backwards way of doing things. Uh, but having worked on the five demos, um, that Wayne had left behind b before we tackled those, uh, kind of put us in that mindset uh to be able to to work on that stuff um you know that early stuff the, or those first five demos that that we got uh was basically you know, like a, a guitar riff or two and a drum program and um yeah that, that's how wayne would bring in ideas into the rehearsal space back in the early days that's how pretty much every song on wisconsin death trip got started so to to be able to work like that again was in a weird way, kind of like working with Wayne again, uh, but it really helped us get into that vibe and spirit. So when we had to flip the script and start with vocals only, um, you know the, the 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 material that we wrote was already kind of you know in in that Wisconsin death trip kind of vibe. So, you know, it, it, it made it work. Well, once you got into that whole process, how much input did Zero have in crafting these songs? Or was that all done before you brought him in? Uh, yeah, Zero helped a lot, man. You know, he, uh, he, he had all the gear and equipment that, that I didn't have to, to put things together. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he helped uh, glue ideas uh, to, together to, to help form the songs. So yeah, he, he, he was a big help for sure. Well, one of the songs and albums I really dig is dead souls. And was your history with working with ministry? Was that kind of an easy decision or an easy way to get out? Or was that something that you had already, someone else thought? Of yeah. That process I mean, too? well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, it, it definitely helped that, uh, that, Al's my friend, right? <laughs> uh, and you know, and uh, I, I, you know, I've worked with him on and off since 2008. So, uh, I mean, that made it easy enough to just give the guy a call and say, "Hey, man." <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I actually went, I actually went over to his house and and I, I, I showed him everything that we were doing. Uh, yeah, I showed him that 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 video presentation we did uh, announcing. The, the project uh, and and so when uh, 
you know, initially we were going to have a bunch of guest vocalists come in and, and, and fill in the gaps. Uh, but then we found all this other stuff with Wayne's vocals. So those gaps kind of disappeared. Uh, but you know, Al, you know, I mean, the, the, the two bands we ripped off the most were ministry and prong. So like <laughs> Al kind of had to, had to be there, you know? So, and, and, and there was one song or one demo in particular that I was like, Al would be perfect for this. And so I, I took it to him and even he was like, yeah, dude, you picked the right one for me. man." <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I went and took the, took the song over to his house, his, his uh, home studio there. And, uh, spent the day, had some drinks and watched him work his magic and it came out killer, man. And, you know, I, I, I know Wayne would be shitting his pants just like me, you know, to to have Al on, on one of our records. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys still have Wayne vocals left for volume two or is it volume two entirely? Yeah. Zero. Okay. No, there, there's still, there's still uh, some vocal performances that, uh, that Wayne, uh, featuring Wayne. So yeah, it, it'll, um, it, It'll be the same as uh, Volume One. The majority of the of the tracks will feature Wayne's vocals. Okay. Did you complete everything all at once? Is Volume Two done, and it's just you're waiting for the the cycle to get to that? Or no, oh. no, we're still working on that stuff. Oh, okay. I know this is probably something you've been asked a ton of times since it started, but after Volume Two is out, is this? Are you guys looking at this as a like a tribute wrap up process or you think this could go forward full time with zero? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I still want to go do other things. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to work with ministry again. I'd love to play with the Cavalier brothers again. Uh, working on an, uh, Asesino record. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's up to the fans. I mean, if they want to see us continue on as a, you know, doing this with the with zero, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's up to them. Well, speaking of Asesino, what's the status on on that album? Uh, I got I got a track from Dino, uh, finished vocals and bass on one. Uh, I have a second one that I'm writing lyrics for, and then at some point I'll finish vocals uh, and, and bass on that, and just, just wait for tracks from from you know, to uh, keep working on that. So, right. Well, between Static X and all the other bands you've been a part of throughout the years, like what's this year been like adjusting to not having a touring schedule? Uh, yeah, that sucks, man. Uh, yeah, usually I'm out on the road like at least six months out of the year, and I've been home longer than that now. So, yeah, that that, that kind of puts a damper on things. Yeah, <laughs> see, when you just release a record, and you're usually out, you know, in support of that record. But uh, yeah, given uh, global circumstances, I guess that's not possible right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, that sucks. What have you, on a personal level, what have you been doing to pass the time when you're not working on the promotion for Static X and the Asesino record? Yeah, 
working on the static record. We're just working on music and uh, oh. trying to keep my trying to keep my house clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like you said, without being able to promote the album on the road, like, do you guys have any plans? Like, as far as live streams or any other ideas going forward here in the next rest of this year, early next year? Yeah, we haven't really talked about live streaming or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, and we're just mainly just focused on uh, on finishing up this volume two. If you, I mean, if there's any fans out there that are apprehensive because of, you know, a lot of people are whenever a band loses a key member, like what would you say to them to get them to give this a shot? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't, uh, I mean, I kind of get the apprehension. Uh, I mean, the, I don't know. I mean, to, to each their own, I say, but, uh, right. You know, if uh, I don't know, give it a listen. I mean, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You gonna like it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> kind of like you mentioned, the other bands you've been a part of. Could you name and like what your favorite album is of your career outside of Static X? Uh, the record that I've played on, yes, other than a Static X record, yeah. uh. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, the 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 first one that jumps into my head was uh was uh the the enslaved record from uh, the first one I did with Soulfly. Okay. I mean, you mentioned Dino earlier. This is probably something you don't really want to speak on. But is, I mean, is there any word from Fear Factory on anything happening in the future? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, I'm just a hired gun with those guys. So, right. yeah, I mean, as far as I know, I'm, I'm still in the band. I haven't heard otherwise from Dino or Burton. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but, but that, that's, you know, that's their, their, their band, you know? So like, it, as far as I know, they're still dealing with, with shit. So right. yeah, I really don't know. Okay. I know you guys haven't released a date for volume two, but is that something you're expecting in 2021 likely? Uh, you know, like I, I, I don't want to throw out any dates cause, uh, you did it last time and I had to, had to make some delays and pissed off people. So I don't want to <laughs> do that again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm just let's just say we're uh, working on it, and we'll get it out as soon as we can. Uh, and when we're closer to, you know, to having a final product, then we'll make a, an announcement as far as a release date. Do you feel like it's it's pretty much in line with Volume One, like the sound of it and everything, or is it going to like have a little bit of its own feel? Yeah. Or? No, the, the goal is to keep it consistent with volume one. Okay. Um, yeah, production wise, songwriting wise. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, it's getting there. Gotcha. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. There you go. Tony Campos, bass player, original member of Static X. And of course, he's been in Fear Factory and Soulfly and Ministry in recent years. As he talked about that there in that interview, that he would love to play with all those bands again in the future whenever 
touring and concerts pick back up. A huge thank you to Tom George of Tag Publicity. And of course, a huge thank you to Tony for taking some time out there to talk about everything Static X has going on and what he's doing. So check out Project Regeneration Volume 1 if you have not. It's out now. All right, if this is your first time listening, we'd greatly appreciate it. I should have looked this up before. I don't know, as far as like the industrial style metal. We haven't had on that many from that genre. We just had on V from Violent Idols, yeah, which is a new band. You could, yeah. But I feel like there's something else I'm totally forgetting. But what we had on Dusty Robinson from Dirty Rotten, which is a there you go, a musician here out of Tulsa, which has a lot of industrial elements to his music. I know there's something I'm forgetting, but I know Static X fans like some heavy music. We've had on members of Hatebreed, Avatar, Seven Dust, Black Dahlia Murder, Sons of Texas, Battlecross, Toxic Holocaust, Death Angel, Testament, Megadeth. Heaviest of heavies. Yes. And we even had on stuff that's not considered heavy, like Trickster. <laughs> I just had to throw in Trickster on a Static X episode if I could. And what's up with all these fuckers in their engines? I don't know. <laughs> a lot of small penises around here, I guess. Fuck, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 284 previous episodes. You can check them all out. Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, TuneIn, all that stuff. You can listen on directly off our website, lethalunderground.com. You can find all our socials there. So go to all the socials and like them. Follow whatever that allows. Share, comment, any of that stuff helps. I think that covers it for another episode. You know it. All right. We've got, like I said earlier, Maddie from Nasty coming up and a few other things in the works. Check out our YouTube channel for that Metallica review and Lynch Mob reviews. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.